0: We want to pray. Listen, there's a lot of folks that are not in church. Not, I'm not talking about our people here, but I'm talking about people that were here, not here, not going nowhere. But you know what they need? They need to get in the presence of God. Now, you can get in the presence of God at home. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) When you pray, how many prays at home gets in the presence of the Lord? But there's there's something about fellowship. We need the fellowship. We need each other. And we need to draw strength from one another. In the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. I've been ministering on this particular subject of four anchors that hold your ship. Listen, we're in tragic times. We're, we're, we're in a stormy season of history right now. A very stormy season of history. And for our nation and the world... But we're concerned about our nation because that's where we live. Of course, we need to be concerned for the whole world because Jesus died for the whole world. Amen. He said, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel." So, but we're we're in a we're in a we're in a terrible time right now. But you know, Jesus is still Lord. God still controls everything in this world. The devil doesn't control it. Communists don't control it. Dictators don't control it. Uh, politicians don't control it. They try, but they can't control it. You know why? Because God's still in charge. I wouldn't want to go against God if I was a politician right now. I wouldn't want to go against the Lord Himself because, I tell you what, God's got some ways to deal with people. Now, God loves people. But you know what? He won't put up and tolerate devils <laughs> and demonic activity. And we just need to say, Lord, thank you that you're in charge. God's in charge. Now, we've been talking about four anchors that hold our ship, and this, these are stormy times we're in. Now, listen, there's a lot of people that are discouraged. Now, remember when 9-11 happened the first, in the, you know, when was it, 20 years ago? And 9-11 happened and churches filled up. I mean, empty churches filled up, churches all over America, and I mean, they filled up with people, but it was no time Sister Frances, all of a sudden, they just started filtering out again, because they said, well, nothing's happening, nothing bad's happening, but you know, we don't serve God because bad things happen, we serve God because God sent His Son and he paid the price for our redemption, and we worship the lord and that 's the reason that we worship God and come to church amen and 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 enjoy the presence of the lord but they it 's filtered out again, but now then i don 't know what it 's going to take i really don't i don't know if another nine eleven would bring people back in or not because there's such there's been such a uh, evil uh source of Destruction going through people's minds and their spirits. I, I don't know if that would cause it to happen or not. I know there's a lot of prophets out there and quote prophets. I don't, I, I, I believe in prophets. I believe there are godly prophets. There's God called prophets. But I, these man called prophets, I don't have much hope in them because if you're going to prophesy, it better line up with the word and it better come to pass. <laughs> If it doesn't come to pass, we're in trouble. Amen. So we, we need to believe that it's going to happen. But listen, I want to read some scriptures in James 2, 14 through 26. Now, we've talked about the, the anchor of hope. How many knows we need hope? Hope is that confident expectation that God is going to do what he said he would do. That's, our, that's what hope is. Now, see, some people say, well, I sure hope God comes through. That's not hope. That's not the biblical hope. Uh, That's you're not sure whether he's going to do it or not, Uh, or I sure got, I sure hope God heals me. No, no, You're, you're still not in the right track yet. Hope is that confident expectation. When we say my hope is in the Lord. My hope is in what His power is. My hope and my confidence is in what He did. My hope is in the crucified Christ on the cross and the resurrected Christ that came out of the tomb. Praise God. And that's, and, and, and then He extended, uh, ascended to heaven and placed His blood on the mercy seat of the, uh, of the altar up there in, in the sanctuary of, of God, in the holies of holies. And thank God. That's, that our, we have a confident expectation. When I pray, I expect God to hear. When I pray, I expect God to answer. How many understands what we're saying tonight? When you pray, you should expect God to hear you and expect God to answer your prayer. You don't have to have some famous preacher or some famous pastor or some famous individual come lay hands on you. You've got confidence in God. Now, God can use those people, and if you know some of them, God may use them to come and and do a a mighty prayer for you. And God works and does it. I I mean, I've seen that happen in our own ministry, you know, where God sent us somewhere, and we did that. But, you know, the thing we have to try try to do, and the thing I've done through my 50, how many years? 55 years preaching. (laughs) What I've tried to do is encourage people. Exhort them. To look to God, God is our source. God is our peace. He is our joy. He's our health. He's our prosperity or blessings. He is everything we need if we'll just turn to Him. God is everything we need. And we, got, we have to come to that place where we can get this that anchor of hope, then that anchor of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we've got to have that anchor of faith. Listen, faith is important. You're saved by faith. How many knows when you believed what Jesus did for you on the cross when you heard that message and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit got a hold of you? You believed. You believed God. You had faith in what God said and you you trusted what the Lord did, and you got confident. you got a revelation of it, and you were born again. How many remembers when the first time you got saved? I say the first time. I hope you didn't get saved over and over and over. (laughs) But when you got saved, y'all remember, I'll tell you what, I felt like I was washed inside out. And I was raised in a preacher's home. Well, almost raised there, because I was about five when my dad got saved, but, but, but I was raised in the home after that. And listen, I didn't get saved, really saved, till I was probably, I mean, I got saved when I was five, but I, I got saved where I really understood what was happening, probably uh, closer to 11, 10 or 11, or something like that, and I really understood some things and really got born again. I'll never forget the night I got saved. You won't forget the night you got saved. You'll always remember. My wife's got tremendous testimony when she got saved. I'll tell you what. She didn't have no upbringing in church uh, or upbringing in our type of teaching and preaching. She didn't have that. But you know what? God's love reached down where she was through an individual. And thank God. That's why you don't never need to back off from ministering to people. Listen, God will use you and God will give you the words that will prick their hearts. And cause them to want to come and serve God with all the I say serve God, I'm talking about listen, there's some believers that's not serving God. Amen. But when you get when you get when you get that new nature, that new creature inside, you want to please God. And you want to serve God. But then we gonna we're gonna walk in faith after that. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Amen. Faith is important. We've got to have faith in God. We've got to have faith in the word. Don't put your faith in feelings. Don't put your faith in emotions. Don't put your faith in experiences. You're going to have experiences because of your faith. Amen. You're going to have these other things because of your faith. But you've got to put your faith in the word, in what God did for us let that faith come alive. But you've got to have that anchor of faith. If, you, if you're not secure in your faith, you're not going to be able to go through the storms of life. You've got to have the, you've to have the faith. You've got to have uh, that hope, that confident expectation that God's going to do what he said he would do. I believe God is God, and God will do what he says he'll do. He's, I always had that saying, God says what he means and means what he says. <laughs> I believe that. And listen, God says what he means. Amen? I want to read some verses here because tonight we got into the love factor this morning. You know, love is another anchor that we have to have. Love, love actually pulls it all together. You know, perfect lo- love, perfect love cast out fear. When you got the perfect love, it cast out fear. We don't have to walk in fear and all of that. But this this anchor that we're going to talk about tonight is the final one, and it's called works. Works. Somebody said, I thought, I I, I didn't want to come to church here about working. (laughs) But it's faith works. There's some things that we have to do. There's some things that God expects out of us as believers for God's word to be performed in our lives. And to be manifested in our bodies, in our lives, in our minds, our homes, whatever it is. We've got to come to that place where we can let God's word come alive. Amen. And believe God. Let's read in James two, and we're going to read start there, fourteen through twenty six. He said, What does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Okay? Somebody says, Well, I got faith. Well, your works are going to show that you have faith. Amen? When the children of Israel went to march against the, around the walls of Jericho and take over the city that was really going to come against them one day. But you see, God said, no, you just go out and march. You know what? They had to go out and obey God. They had to go out in faith. And they had to put some works with it. See, there's some things you can just sit around and just say, Lord. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. But then God says, get up and do something. He may tell you to get up and just get up and walk around the house and praise God. And glorify the Lord for the victory. Even though you don't feel it, even though you don't see the results, maybe you don't see the manifestation of it, but you're going to do it. But look what he said. If someone says he has faith but does not have works. Hmm. Faith and works go hand in hand, don't they? Can faith save him? How many knows you've got to have faith to be saved? But does faith itself save you? Hmm. What did Romans say? you got to be like Paul or, or like uh, 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 Abraham was. He believed God. And it was counted on him for righteousness. Yes. But we have to confess with our mouth. Isn't that what he said in Romans? Confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, now shall be saved. So what are we doing? Can faith alone save? No, you're going to have to put some words with it. See, a lot of people have come down front and never been saved. They've been convicted, they've been drawn by the Spirit of God, but they've never been saved. Because they never went through what God said. If you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. Now, we're going to get into our everyday living here in just a minute. I'm just laying a little elementary groundwork here, just real briefly. But if someone says he has faith, does he not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to him, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? In other words, you can have somebody come to you in in a need. Now, I know that there's a lot of people that make a living by coming to people for them to take care of their needs. There's a difference. But there are people that are destitute. There's people that are really down and out right now. There's people that's been without jobs and people that's, uh, that are, are not being able. Medical things have piled up on them and it's caused them to be in a destitute state. I want to tell you something. Thank God. Thank God what God can do. God will do anything. But what we have to do, we have to have the compassion of the Lord. You know why? We're representatives of the Lord in this earth. And if someone comes to us like that, now you need to be uh discerning, I've had people come here to the church. And I, I discern something different, and I'd ask them some questions, and I'd get different answers, you know. So it wasn't real need. They're just lazy. I yeah. had one guy come up drive up and pick up back here one day. He says, hey, pastor, you need some help? I said, sure, we can use some help. So I need someone to mow this grass, and he said, "Well, um, well, I could do it, but you know, I, I need a little money for some gas right now, so I can." In. I said, "Well, well, you you do the work, and we'll give you some money for gas." Well, well, you, you know, and he took off. I never saw him anymore. You know, so you have to use wisdom and you have to use discernment when you're doing that. But the Bible said, if there's somebody really in need. I mean, you know there's times that people's really in need. Well, I tell you what, if they'd just done this, they wouldn't be in that position. No, 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 no. You know, uh, sometimes we don't know the whole story. Sometimes we have only got part of the story. We don't have the whole story, and so therefore we just kind of start mouthing off. You know, I tell you, our mouth gets us in trouble. We got foot and, foot disease, foot and mouth disease. Put our foot in our mouth all the time. Amen. But listen what he said. He said, one of you say to him, depart in peace, be warm, be filled. Do you not give them the things which are needed for the body? What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself. It does not have works. If it does not have works, is dead. Hmm. Your faith without works is dead. In other words, praising God is part of faith. Amen. Praising God out loud is part of faith. That, that's just part of it. You, you know, we, we got to, somebody said, well, I don't feel the presence of the Lord. Well, they don't even lift their hands and praise God. How are they going to get in the presence of God if they don't submit themselves and get in the presence of the Lord? Amen? Sometimes we're expecting somebody else to start the shouting. Sister Ramona? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> But listen. But someone will say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. This is what James is saying. Show me your faith without and I'll show you my faith. But you believe that there's one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Do you know the devil believes sometimes what God can do more than what you believe? Demons No, Jesus put them in their place 2,000 years ago. And those those same demons are ones that oppress and suppress and depress and come in and come against you as those same demonic forces. And they're doing it because we don't realize they already know that they're defeated. Amen? Amen. They're defeated. But what God is saying to us, even demons believe in tremble. Devils believe in tremble. They can sense someone that's got faith. They can sense someone that's got true joy. They can sense someone that's got the true peace of God. Devils can sense that because... They believe. They know. Listen, the devil knows he was defeated 2,000 years ago. That's why when we pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that was resurrected and exalted, that devil has to bow. They know that Jesus defeated them. But what they're doing is they're defeating God's people. Through deception and causing unbelief and lack of faith to operate. I'm not talking about being a super faith hero, you know. I'm talking about using your faith in God. You just know that you know that you know. God is God. Jesus is Lord. He will not leave us in a lurch. Hallelujah. God's with us. He's going to be with us. But this is why we need this anchor of works. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But you believe there's one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Hmm? This is James talking now. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Listen, he had, he had to obey God. That was called a faith act. Amen we we need a faith act we need to act faith is a act of faith i mean when you when you have you know, faith is you know it's real but you got to say it's an act faith is an act you got in other words you got to do something you got to be in motion for god to move for you you got to be in motion for god to to do some things we got to get in motion to praise the Lord for the presence of God to envelop us here. If we don't, we're not going to have that supernatural presence of God flow like God wants to do. But we've all got to get involved. I this see what we're saying tonight. I'm talking about getting faith operating for us. And, and do you see that faith was working together with his works when Abraham did what God told him to do? And then... When it came down to the covenant that God made. Remember, God made the covenant with Abraham concerning Isaac. And, and, and the Lord told him what he was going to do. And the Bible said during that covenant ritual in Genesis there that God, that, that he believed God. Abraham believed God. He believed God. Now, that word believe is a powerful word. That means when he said I, Abraham believed God, what, what the literal meaning of that is, when you get into the original Hebrew and, and, and everything that was said there, that Abraham gave himself wholly up to God and became part of God's divine plan. When you come down and give your life to the Lord, you believed God And what you're doing is you're believing God, and you're going to become part of God's divine plan, number one, in this community, number one, in this county, number three, in in the state. Amen. We're going to do the will of God. Wherever God has us, we're going to do it. But we start by believing. Believing. Now, that's that's not hoping. I sure hope God heard my prayers. No. Believing is being in total agreement with God and becoming part of His plan. Hallelujah. How many wants to become part of God's redemptive plan? We're part of it. And that's what Abraham did. He believed God that day. God said, I'm going to give you a son. God gave him a son. And then that son was... I guess like a teenager, and God told Abraham to go off him up on the top of the mountain up there. And Abraham said, "Okay, Lord." He didn't argue with God. He just got his son, got their uh, donkeys, and they took off and, and had everything loaded up on there. And then they climbed up the mountain to go to the top and got up to the top. Isaac had a legitimate question. He said, "Dad," he said, uh, "You know, is she, I got the we got the wood for the altar. We got everything we need for the altar. But where is the sacrifice?" Abraham. See, he had cut covenant with God. He believed. See, not what he was doing, there were some acts of, these were faith acts he was doing now. Working, faith works coming into being. Doing what God said to do. Listen, did you know what you don't have to feel goosebumps running up and down your spine to praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Some people say, well, I didn't feel the Lord. Well, you didn't get in, in, the, in, the, in the service and participate. Lift your hands and praise God. Glorify the Lord. Amen. Praise Him out loud. That's what we got to do. But it works with it. Abraham said, I believe he believed God. And it was uncounted unto him for righteousness. But that day when Isaac asked the legitimate question, he told him, he said, the Lord will provide. Now God told him to take his son and lay him upon the altar and slay him for a sacrifice. Abraham was obedient to God. He was obedient enough to go ahead and get the altar built. He was obedient enough to go ahead and get the, ba- the boy to lay down on the altar. I mean, he was obedient enough to go as far as he, he had to go. But you see, the thing is, when he was ready, God said, wait! There was a rustle in the, in the trees over there where the sacrificed lamb or the sacrificed ram was that God had provided. God will provide. God will. But you see, faith works. It's faith and works. Y'all getting this tonight? And most of you know this. Everybody in our church knows this because we can see the results of it. But everybody in our church knows. We we don't how many of us we don't mention money. I don't think we have to. I've seen preachers, dear Lord, that's all they talk about: is money, 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 money. If you don't do this, we're going to go under. Well, where's your faith, buddy? You know, if God told you to do something, God will provide. But you know what? See, the, the thing is, we're in covenant with God, and when we believe God, we're, our faith actions are there with it. And He said, "Bring your tithe and offerings unto the Lord." And He'll open up the storehouse of heaven and pour you out, blessed. You don't have room enough to receive. Is that what the Word says? Bring it to the Lord. What we are doing that under we're doing that. It's works, but it's faith works. It's faith with works, because you know that God's going to do it. I've given everything I've had in my checkbook to, to to do my tithe and everything else in the years gone by. And we've done it. But you know what? We never lacked one thing. I've always had a nice place to live. Always had good cars to drive. Always had good clothes to wear. My brother had to give them all to me, but that's all right. He gets he got those expensive things, you know. <laughs> he had a high quality of taste for clothes. And he always got them a little bit too uh, small for him, and they fit me perfect. I looked at my closet one day and had 38 changes in my closet. Isn't that something? And I didn't even have to pay for one of them. God's good. God is good. And listen, we need to understand, Abraham had to put his faith action out there with this, and he believed God. So Abraham... <laughs> The scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. that was accounted to him uh, uh, for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. You see, you can sit there all day long. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. But when you really believe, then you start doing. You start acting upon the word. You do what God says to do. Amen? When you believe, and this is what God's wanting us to get to. And he goes on to say in that same verses there, uh, you see then that a man is justified by works. Likewise, was not Rahab the hearted also justified by her works? Remember, she, had to, she protected uh, the, the, uh, the spies from Israel that went up there to check things out. She protected them, gave them a place to hide, and she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead... Faith without works is dead also. Now we're going to talk to just briefly here on works. Works. Faith works. This is another anchor that we got to have. We, we got to have some things connected so that when we're opening our mouth with words, it'll connect to the word and we'll get, to, we'll get the uh, benefit of the word. And the manifestation of the word in our lives. Now, most people start taking that as material blessings. I, I know a lot of preachers take all these messages and they make material things out of it money, 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 money. But I want to tell you something it means anything. You may need your children saved, you, you may need uh, God to do something specific. In your body or specific in your life, you know. But, but as we're doing our faith, faith with our works, this is the anchor. See, the storms are going to come. They're, they're going to rage. They're going to blow. They're going to blow in. And you're going to say, where did this come from? Well, we know where it comes from. If it's evil, it comes from the devil. The storms rage. Paul was caught in that storm with all these other prisoners on the on the ship. And, and it was raging, and the ship was going to be cast, uh, I mean, just torn apart. And he said, the Lord told him to put down the four anchors and stay. Let the four anchors hit that bottom and stay. And, uh, you know, and some men tried to escape. And, and Paul stood up and said, didn't I tell you that if you don't stay with the boat, we're not going to be saved? Every man has to stay with this boat. And they did, and they were saved supernaturally. Now the boat kind of got some beaten. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes you know, in, in your trial of faith, sometimes you get some beatings, but you're not you're not overcome. You're not defeated, amen. You're not defeated, and God wants us to understand that. So listen, it's the anchor of hope. That's expectation, trust, and confidence. And God has us in his heart right now, this very moment. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you in Hebrews thirteen five, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God said that. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We, we've got the promises of God to hang on to. And, and when we do that, we know that God's with us. And the anchor of faith and then the anchor of love, now the anchor of works. And the works is the evidence. This is the evidence that the first three anchors are in place. When we see the anchor of works. Let's let's look at the importance of it. Everything we receive is by faith. You're saved by faith. You actually receive the Holy Spirit by faith. You're healed by faith. Provisions are provided by faith. Everything that we get is done by faith. Faith is involved in every aspect of our life. And so everything. Now faith is... The substance of things, Hebrews 11, 1, The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance and the evidence. Sometimes people don't want to say I'm healed until they got the manifested healing. And, and that's good. But what I'm saying is we need to understand that Jesus paid the price for our healing. And if we just have to stand there and praise God for a month, two months, two weeks, two days, three days, God's word is truth. God will bring manifestation. Now, listen, we're not going to live in this earth forever. <laughs> I'm not one of those never die preachers. You know, y'all ever hear of those before? They they preach you never die. You know, you'll get so anointed and holy, you'll never die. Well, that's a lie from hell. We're, it's appointed unto man once to die, <laughs> and after this, the judgment. And and uh, you know. I don't know. I, I, I've seen people that when it was time for them to go, Sister Francis, they just really just kind of, they really weren't sick, sick. But but, but they just, God said, it's time. And they they begin to slow down because it was time. And God just said, go lay down. That's what he had to tell Moses. Moses was 120 years old. He had two tenures in the desert with those people. Forty years old, he went and got set them free out of Egypt, and they wandered for the forty years. And then he was eighty years old, and they decided they didn't want to believe what the what the good good spies said that we, we're more than able. They believed the other ten that was looking in the flesh and looking in the in the natural realm, and they had to wander another forty years while all the ones, what was the age of them that uh, died off? Uh, Uh, Twenty and older older, They died off It was going to be the new generation coming up Amen Now listen Forty years he had to do it again He was 120 years old When they finally got to the promised land 120 God told him to get Joshua And he anointed him To be the leader Now you know what God had to tell Moses Hey buddy You're done I want you to go over there and lay behind that rock over there. He, listen, he didn't just have some convulsion or nothing. He just went over there and laid down. Laid down. Somebody said, well, what happened? Well, something had to happen. Somebody said, well, he died. Well, they never found his body. They never found Moses' body. Why? Because if they had found his body, Michael, the archangel... And the devil wouldn't have to fight over his body. Because, see, Mike, the devil didn't want Moses to be an example of God's power and faithfulness unto a person that trusted and believed God. Now, Moses failed sometimes. But he was quick to repent. And that's what I want to be. I want to be quick to repent. If, if you fall, get up. Dust yourself off. Start over again. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, i tell you what, I've tried to believe this stuff like you're preaching, Brother Clarence, but it had not worked too good for me. <laughs> well, you know what? It will work. Put your faith in God, not in man. Put your faith in God, not in what you feel. Put your faith in God, not in what you have, but your faith in God and in the Word and let God's Word be your guideline. Amen? And as you do that, you're going to see what God will do. But faith is not just anticipating, but expecting the Word of God to be manifested. We don't just, listen, we have to expect. We have to expect. When I first got in the ministry, there was a person that came up to, in, in my dad's prayer line, and, and he prayed for her, and he said, well, he said uh, he prayed the prayer of faith. Other people had seen some manifested miracles in front of them, you know. This person, they said, well, I don't feel nothing. This is what my dad told me. Well, you don't go by your feelings. Do you believe what we just prayed? Yes. Well, I want you to go your way praising God. Didn't Jesus have to do that one time? Didn't they come to him, these lepers? Came, and Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priest, and they would be cleansed? And on their way, the cleansing began, and one of them recognized, he said, Hey, I'm going to go back and thank my Lord for what he's done. Yeah. Praise God. Because, listen, we, we have to just, sometimes we got to just, in faith, say, thank you, Jesus. How many remember after you got saved and born again, you were so happy and so joyful? You was on cloud nine, and then after about two weeks, you went, <coughs> your bloom got deflated. And you felt down like you was down in the at the bottom. And you have to, you know, you have to just say, "Whoa, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? The lady and her daughter got saved at the same time. And, boy, they was on cloud dying for about two weeks. And then one day, this lady woke up, told her daughter, I'm not going to church today. I just don't feel saved. I, I just don't feel like God did anything in my life. And that little girl had been in the Bible. And she said, look, Mom. Let me show you what the Bible says. If you believe. And she began to show the scriptures on believing and the change and the transformation that God said, we've got life in him. And she said, look, whether you feel like it or don't, mom, you're saved. And you know what her mom did? She got a hold of it. Went to church, started praising God, and never looked back again. Hallelujah. Because we have to get the word working in our hearts and lives. Amen? Faith. Faith. Faith is an action word. Now, works is necessary to fulfill the promises of God. You gotta to work to fulfill the promises of God. You gotta do some things that God taught you. It believed, but Abraham exercised his faith and his works confirmed. You see, when he exercised his faith, his works confirmed, he believed. And this is what he believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. So, face an action word. Everybody say face an action word. I'm gonna act upon the word. Works, words, works confirm what we believe in our hearts. You know why we come to church? Because we believe in our hearts. We believe in our hearts. Jesus is coming soon. We're not here out of fear. We're here out of love for God. But the same thing, we know that Jesus is coming soon. So we're going to do what we have to do to stay on top and be in the presence of God and be what God's called us to be. Abraham believed God. Faith without works is dead. That's what the Bible says. Uh, faith is wrought with works. Faith without works is dead, but faith is actually wrought with works. As you, you, you show your faith by your works. You know what you do when you're baptized? You're showing your faith by being baptized in water. That, that's what it is. You're showing your faith by being baptized in water. Now, water doesn't save, but water is only a symbol of what God's done spiritually on the inside of us. And we, once we get that revelation of it, and we understand that God has brought us into His family, and we're there, then we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy the things of God. Faith wrought with works makes faith perfect. You see, we're gonna have perfect faith when we do the works of the Lord. Cause you know what's gonna happen? How many know the first time you prayed and God answered your prayer? You couldn't hardly wait to get on the phone and tell everybody, hey, God answered my prayer, God answered my prayer, God answered my prayer. But you know what? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with excitement. There's nothing wrong with getting excited about that. But you see, faith wrought with works makes faith perfect. And so this is what we've got to do is work and let let the, the faith of God work. But will thou know, O man, that faith without works is dead? This is what James said. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son? And see thou how that faith wrought with his works, and and by works his, his faith was made perfect. His faith was made perfect through his works. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness. And he said, and he was called, Abraham was called the friend of God. I don't know if you all heard that song years ago that came out, I am a friend of God. <laughs> I can't even sing it right, but I'm a friend of God. Amen. And we're friends of God. A friend, when you study it out in the Bible, a friend is a very dear, endearing word when you call someone friend. And God is our friend. And... uh we, we so the Bible says we have, this doesn't contradict the, the, the fact of what faith is, that Jesus uh, did everything for our salvation, but we still have to believe and act upon the word. See, Jesus did it all. And so what we have to do is the word is near you. The Bible said in Romans 10, verse 8 and 9. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Isn't that what, listen, you've got to believe in your heart. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, the word of God, and speak it and believe it. And then you that raised him from the dead, you believe that God raised him from the dead, and you be saved. You're saved. You're born again. New creatures. Old habits are gone. Just like that. Hallelujah. Now, I know some people have had a little struggle with things, you know, in in their life. But the truth is, when you're born again, that power is broken. And what we have to do is just yield to the Spirit of God and yield to what the Lord's done. And by works, begin to do what God said. Amen. And do what the Lord has said to do. Now, the lame man had to take up his bed and walk in Acts 3. See, God requires action sometimes. Peter said, what do you want? He said, he's wanting money. He said, silver and gold have none? number, such as I have. Give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And immediately, the man received strength in his ankle bones. And he raised up and walked and went into the temple, leaping and praising God. Why? Because... Action was required. See, we, we, faith is an act. I'll never forget being in a convention one time, and this preacher was up there preaching. And he, he, was, he got this revelation, faith is an act. Faith is an act. And uh, Smith Wigglesworth actually preached this many times before that. And this guy had heard about it, and, and he got a hold of it. And, and he, he, he got up there and just started saying, faith is an act. Nothing else. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. There's about 5,000 people there in that conference, and he'd go from one side of that stage to "Faith is an act." Everybody thought, well, he's just about done now. He'd come back and say, "Faith is an act. The pastor that was hosting the conference, he was sitting up there saying, Oh, boy, man, I, they, they were good friends, too. And he said, Boy, I, this guy's lost it tonight, you know. And, and anyway, he's sitting there so stoic, you know. And his preachers, they thought, Well, he's done now. He went right over in front of that pastor and said, Faith is an act. That preacher just lost it, and he just started laughing and rolling in the floor. But faith is an act. Faith is an act. We've got to understand that faith, listen, you could say you've got faith all day long, but your actions will prove what's in your heart. If you believe in your heart, now if that just stopped right there, you're not going to have the full salvation. But if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. So confession is a big part of this thing. We've got to start saying what God says. And we just need to look. The lame man had to take up his bed. Peter had to step out of the boat and begin to walk on the water. When Jesus had come, he went out there. He had to believe God. He had to step out on, in faith. faith It's an act. He could have stood up there all day long and said, hey, boys, I could walk on the water if I wanted to. Hey, you know, Jesus said I could come if I wanted to. No, Jesus said, come on, Peter. Because Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, let me just come on out here. He said, "Come on." Then he got out there and saw the storm boisterous and the waves, and the and he began. To, the Bible said he began to sink, and then he you see he said, "If it be you, Lord." Remember in the in the in the first scripture there, "If if this is really you, Lord, bid me to come walk on the water like you are." If it's you, hey, that little two letter word is a bit powerful. Lord, if it's you, he said, come on. He got out there and he saw the waves boisterous and the winds blowing and and everything. And all of a sudden the Bible said he began to sink. But isn't it amazing? At first he said, if it be you. But when he was sinking, he lifted up his voice and said, Lord, save me. (laughs) He knew who the Lord was. So thank God for what victory is ours. And the anchor of works produces endurance. How many knows we need to endure? God wants us to endure. Storms of life are raging, and, and, and they're going to continue until the trump of God sounds. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to see them increase. We're going to see storms increase in our life as believers until the trump of God sounds. The political storms getting stronger every day. How many knows? Every time you turn on the news, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and worse. Somebody said it's going to get better. I don't think so. God may give a little reprieve, but I don't think it's going to get any better, as far as better. Somebody said, well, I thought, I thought, what, you know, Jesus is coming soon. What are we going to do? Live here another 50 years, 100 years, you know, on this earth? Jesus is coming soon. There's a whole lot better things than what we're seeing happening here. But, you know, I want to be here as long as God has us here. And as long as the rapture had not taken place, I still want to be here. Amen? I don't want to be here after the rapture. But endurance. He endures until the end, Matthew 24, shall be saved. And, uh, you, you know, we, we have to do what God says to do. Look at 2 Timothy, real quick. 3rd chapter, 10th verse. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. In other words, you're not going to be free from trials, tribulations, problems, things the devil's going to throw your way. We're, we're, we're going to have it, Sister Francis. But, but listen, those who live godly will suffer. But God's people, see, God didn't promise you won't have storms. God didn't say you wouldn't have storms, but we're promised that we'll survive. God didn't say you wouldn't have problems, but God's always got a solution. And what we're going to do is we're going to believe the Lord. Afflictions and trials are going to be part of our life. That's what James said. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into diverse temptations and various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask your God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. See, we have a part. Every one of us have a part tonight in securing the victory that's ours. First of all, don't let doubt and fear rule your life. Doubt is to be, uh, you, you know, to be divided between two opinions. That's what the word doubt literally means. Uh, it means to be divided between two opinions. You know, I know God said, but. I know what the preacher preached, but. Amen? I, I know I've heard all this all my life, but, well, let's see what we got. We've got doubt and fear ruling. Doubt means you got, you're uncertain about things. You're, you're divided between the two opinions, the Word of God and what's happening. And the Greek word, it means you withdraw from and you oppose and you hesitate when you doubt. You're withdrawing from what God wants, you're withdrawing from the presence of the Lord, you're withdrawing from the promises of God because you're, you're, you're opposing and hesitating. But doubt is fed and nurtured by our five senses. We've got to learn to live by that sixth sense, faith, on the inside of our heart. Don't let the five senses rule your life. Because the five senses will always find something that says it can't be done. <laughs> it won't happen. But faith on the inside will override the sense knowledge. Praise the Lord. And as we begin to see what God says, we're going to see it. So there's four anchors. Storms are going to rage. But I got I got good news. We will overcome. It may seem like your boat's sinking. Have <laughs> I mean, it felt like, dear Lord, I, I've been going through this thing for so many years, Lord. I just don't know what to do. Your boat's sinking and we'll be destroyed. But you will overcome. We are overcomers. We will make it. And the four anchors hope, faith, love, and works will keep us steadfast. Because he only, Psalm 62, 2 he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Hallelujah. God is on our side. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise ah, I want to read this one last verse. It's Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. We belong to God. And listen, if the, if the devil shows up at your door tonight, just go to the door and say, I don't belong to you, I belong to God. We don't have to take what the devil gives us. Amen. I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You're mine. when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God. Remember, storms are going to come. But remember, we're anchored in Jesus. My anchor holds. I wish I could sing that song. My anchor holds. Because we're on that solid rock. And we'll rise above the waves. And our boat is anchored and secure in Jesus Christ. We're secure in the Lord. And that, I, you know, that, that old song, I love that old song. My anchor holds. Though the ship is battered, though the sails are torn, I've fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas. The anchor holds in spite of the storm. Hallelujah. i tell you what, what. What I've tried to encourage you with the last four teachings is the fact we're going to make it. We're not overcome by the devil. We're overcomers. We don't we don't allow him to dictate our lives. We dictate to him by the blood of Jesus and the word of God. Victory's ours. And we just need to stand strong on that. And I'll tell you what, till the storm passes over. <laughs> I tell you what, till, listen, we, we got victory in Jesus tonight. I hope you all got something out of these. Amen. Are you, are you encouraged? You know, I tell you what, when I hear something that's good faith building and, and nurtured by the Word, I tell you what, I digest it. I read it again. I get those scriptures and read them again. I listen again. I do it again. Amen. Why? Because our hope is in Lord, not alone. That's where our hope is. Father, we thank you for your Word. Your word is truth. And Father, we thank you for the power of the word in our lives today. We just give you praise for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That anchor holds. Amen? That anchor holds. Y'all know that old chorus, He's All I Need? Let's just sing that before we leave tonight, would we? Oh, he's all
1: I need, he's all I need, Jesus is all I need.
0: shut your eyes and lift your hands to the Lord because He's the one that's going to do it for you. He's all I need. He's
1: all I need. Jesus is all I need. He's all. He's all I need. Jesus is
0: all I need. You know, Ramona, Jesus is all you need. (laughs) You and Brady, it's all. uh, Jesus is all we need. Doris, Jesus is all you need. All those lonely days and lonely nights... It's not as bad in the daytime, but at night. But Jesus is all we need. Sherry, Jesus is all we need. He, he's the one that brings the peace and the joy and the assurance that everything is good. I tell you what, what we can praise God for when our loved ones go on, if they've known the Lord, they're in the presence of God right now. Amen. And I tell you what, that's what's important. Cause here you're all that I need. Just
1: tell the Lord, you're all I need. Jesus, you're all I need. You're all that I need. You're all. Jesus, you're all
0: I need. Father, just surround our congregation with your presence. Lord, just as we walk and go and do about our daily chores, we're at home by ourselves, at home at night, Lord. Just surround us with your love and your peace, because you're all that we need, Lord. Just make it real make it real to our hearts and our lives. In Jesus name, we just give you praise and glory for it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's send our feet tonight. So glad you came. Those that watched by Facebook live, I believe God's touched you. Amen. We're going to have a practice here Friday night. Amen. We're going to have singing Sunday night. We're going to have fellowship Sunday night. Amen. So come expecting God to do some great things for us. Pray to us. Sister Claudine, would you dismiss us tonight? Hallelujah. God bless you all. Amen.